This week I had the opportunity to go to pastor school down at Epworth by the sea and we talked about our stories and how God takes the story of our life and reminds us through that of the redemption that we all need, that we all stand um, before him and we come in our brokenness and we come seeking to be rooted and to grow and to flourish. It was a, a kind of a, an accident that I followed the wrong route on GPS and ended up going through small towns like Baxley and Hawkinsville and whatnot instead of going the interstate down. And it turned out to be such a blessing because as I went along, I saw grove after grove and garden after garden and some were flourishing and some weren't. And it began a conversation with my friends I was traveling with as we began to talk about how what we're rooted in matters and how what we, what we take in, what nourishes us matters because at harvest time, it makes all the difference in the world. Amen? We began to talk about how gardening had affected each of us and there was a country girl with me who grew up on a farm and, and she, had, she could tell us all, and, and, I apologize for the pronunciation if you're not from the South. She told us all about the pecan trees. She told us all about the peach orchards. She told us about the apple trees and the pear trees and what made each specific one grow. We talked about the characteristics and, and, and we were talking and I said, so did your, did your daddy ever ask you how does your garden grow? And she said, all the time. That was a question that was common um, in the South, in my house, and as we began to talk about it more and more, the verse from Colossians 2, chapter 7 began to stand out. I'm going to ask you all to read it with me as it's up here on the screen. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Amen. Thank you. One of the things that enamored me this week as I was down um, at St. Simon's and Jekyll was the different trees. And you could see different kinds of trees everywhere you went. Anybody been to Driftwood Beach before? Raise your hand. If, oh, y'all need to, we need to plan a church trip to Driftwood Beach. It is the most amazing place on the South Georgia coast where these big, mighty oaks that have provided shade for years, their root systems have simply worn out. The tide carries them in and out, and each and every day they end up in a different position on the beach. Some with the roots spread out like this, others with a branch sticking out of the sand. If, if Halloween night with an orange moon, it would make for the perfect eerie setting. But it's always breathtaking. And as I went, we began to look at how the roots were horizontal on these trees that had shifted so easily. They weren't roots that ran deep, so they were easily tossed about by the ebb and flow of the tide. And while it was beautiful to see, we also wondered how much shade that tree had provided when it was, when it was anchored well in the soil, when it was um, there. We began to talk about how the, the hurricanes and the storms probably had uprooted some of those trees. 
Um, I love the song, How He Loves, and I think we've got it coming up a little bit later, but it talks about how um, trees, how they, they bend beneath the waves of wind and mercy, how we're like that tree in God's love and how, how he keeps us strong. In Psalm, um, I believe it's Psalm 98 or 92, we hear that the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. How do we get to a place where we are so firmly rooted that we can stand strong and we can flourish like the palm tree? The Filipino people call the palm tree the tree of life because it has deep roots. It has fronds that bring shade. It has coconuts that bring nourishment. And they use every single part of the tree for something in their life. Whether it's scrubbing a floor with the bark or the shells, to washing shampoo, uh, to shampoo and conditioners with the oils, to nourishment with the, uh, with the coconut flesh and the juice, to the fronds that you use for cooking, the fish that they catch. They see in it all sorts of ways in which God has blessed them with life. They went back to this verse, Colossians 2.7. They talked about how this is a tree that's rooted well. It's nourished well. Um, some of y'all know Jan Witt, who, who works with Uncle Bob's Pumpkin Farm. I asked her, I said, tell me what makes things grow well. And she got excited. Can y'all imagine that? <laughs> Farm girl getting excited. And she said, oh, I can, I can talk all day about that. And I said, well, I don't have all day, but uh, I do want to know what it is that makes things grow well here. And she said, well, she said, for one thing, if, if you're talking about trees, deep, the roots have to run deep. And something you have to understand is that to water those roots, you can't just come out with a garden hose and spray it a little bit and keep going. Because if you do that, it's just going to get the top layer. And you've got all these roots that are down low. And she said, so sometimes you have to, when you're irrigating, you have to, you know, stand there for a while. So you know that that's going to seep down through the soil. You have to know your soil is good. You have to wait and be patient. Sometimes you even have to drill holes around the tree because you don't have to uproot a tree if it's not growing well. You can just, you can adjust the soil around it and adjust the way you're feeding it. And she said, you can, you know, put the fertilizers in, you can stand there with the water, let it seep down in there. But she said, you can also overdo it, stand in there too long with that water hose. So it's a fine balance. And she said, you also have to be kind of in sync with nature. And she said, the big thing that I had to learn was that I can't control what the rains are going to do. She said the storm will come down and, and she'll, she'll get excited because her crops are going to get rained on and her trees are going to get rained on and everything's going to be great. And then it'll curve right around her like she's the center of the donut hole. And about a week later, a storm will come in and it'll come down and it'll curve right around this side of the donut hole. But she irrigates through the well that she has that God has provided and does so with good stewardship and watches her resources and watches the way that things are growing and picks up on cues of what it needs. It might need nitrogen, it might need something else, and she, she watches that. And she tries to, to make sure every single day that she pays attention to the things that she wants to grow well. But the key in that is 
she learned the rains are going to come and they're going to be exactly what's needed. Parmalee is a country group that has a song called Roots. And it says, I can't outrun these roots even if I wanted to. They run too strong, too deep, cutting right through the heart of me. It doesn't matter where I plant these boots. I can't outrun these roots. And the closing chorus of the song is, thank God I can't. They're tangled up in every part of who I am. Without them, I don't stand a chance. I can't outrun these roots. Each of us has roots. We have this thing called a family tree that's given us some roots. And we have rootedness in Christ through the family that sits around you today. I know you can look around and see someone who has nourished you at some point when you have felt like you're in the midst of a drought and everything's dry and you don't have what you need to stay rooted because you're not feeling strong. But God is good all the time and all the time what? Amen. Roots are vital to the health and longevity of those, those garden groves that I ran by this, this week. They, they would anchor the trees, and you could see, y'all, y'all have seen the groves before. They're all in diagonal lines. It's very obvious when there's a place where a tree hasn't survived. And there were a couple of rows where there were trees missing and there were gaps. Without the proper amount of nourishment, without the proper amount of care, things aren't going to grow and harvest. It it fascinates me to learn about the way that things grow. I'm not sure why. I'm uh, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. But it just fascinates me to learn how things grow. Um, And I was kind of looking up some things for today and I and I read a study from like the 1930s that's a long time ago Um, and it talked about how under ideal conditions roots were observed to grow more than 20 feet and that the root and architecture mimics the treetop about 30 years later the research was that the roots were horizontal and very shallow and since then Arborists have found that the truth is somewhere in between. We, there are trees with shallow roots. There are trees with deep roots. There are trees with somewhere in between. The ones that survive the storms are the ones that have those deep roots. Anybody around for the blizzard of 93? I know I'm showing my age. I was. I remember when my mother's sweet pine tree, that's a sweet gum pine tree, came crashing down on the roof. And she was so upset, she said, any one of those pine trees out back could have dropped, but I wanted that one to stay. And Daddy said, well, we should have taken better care of it during the summer. Well, we should have. And it didn't last the storm. You know, he he knew the research, he knew those things, and the thing was, we didn't do what we needed to to make it sustainable. Jim Urban is an arborist who says trees are genetically capable of growing deep roots, but root architecture is strongly influenced by soils and climate conditions. What soil are you planted in? What's the climate you're planted in? 
You don't have to be uprooted to change the nourishment. But there are things that we do that surround us that do affect our nourishment. We are called not only to receive our nourishment from Christ, who is the one we need to be rooted in, but we are called to nourish one another. I think the largest living organism in the world is a tree grove. I think it's in California. I'm not, I don't know that I'm getting that right, but it's, it's this grove of trees, and there's hundreds and hundreds of trees, but it's one root system. They're dependent on each other. If one starts to die off, the others around it will begin to send nourishment to it. I'm, I'm a big fan of miracle growth. But it has to be put on there for it to work. I I had a garden one year that I was trying to grow and cultivate, and it wouldn't do anything. And somebody came up and they said, your miracle grow sitting right over there hasn't been opened yet. This was August. I should have been using that all summer long. I should have been using that to take care of the things that my plants needed so that I had food on my table. But I had neighbors who loved me and who came and they said, it's okay, darling, I have a really good garden and I have an abundance of things and so I can share with you these homegrown tomatoes. Okay, now I'm getting hungry. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing what garden fruits, whether it's tomatoes, whether it's apples, whether it's pears, whether it's mangoes, I'm going to make you hungry. Um, whatever it is, it's amazing how much better it is when you, when you grab it. Anybody who's traveled to a different country, especially a tropical country, can tell you that when you pick a fruit straight from the tree and you eat it, oh my goodness, you are tasting what will be on the tables in heaven, I believe. I was at um, the Mount Gilead Children's Home in the Philippines. And the children came up and they said, we've decided we know what God looks like. And I said, oh, okay. I said, tell me, what does God look like? And they said, he's a gardener. And I said, how do you know he's a gardener? And they said, because you don't get good stuff like you get from the trees unless you've got a really good gardener. I just stopped, and I was like, wow. I was like, y'all just, I, I came here to do for you, and you've just done this amazing thing for me. And they said, we want to take you out to our tilapia pond, and we want to take you out to where we're fish gardeners, and we want to take you and show you the bananas we're growing and the, the, the mangoes. And, we went, and, I, and they were so excited about growing something. They wouldn't have had that if it weren't for the workers who were there. They wouldn't have had that if somebody hadn't given them an excitement for God as our creator. When you just stand and look at the world around you, it's amazing what you see. I went to a workshop a few years ago that um, I I don't think I'll ever forget in which there were pictures of trees laid out on a table and it was trees from all over the world in all shapes, sizes, conditions, some alive, some not, some, you know, who who had tons of fruit on it, others that 
provided tons of shade. There were weeping willows. There were magnolias. And you were to pick a picture of a tree for your meditation time. Well, I found a picture of a tree. It was on a beach, which is one of my favorite places to be. And I connect with the, the greatness of God there. And I picked a tree, and it was broken, but it had new shoots of life coming out. It was a point in time when some things were looking pretty dark in my life, and I didn't even realize it, but God had spoken to me through his creation through that picture, reminding me that where it looks like things are gone and aren't going to grow anymore, there's new life that is just waiting to shoot out. Jan Witt reminded me, um, she said, one of my favorite things to grow is mums. She said, but she said on Memorial Day, and this is a good lesson if you like mums, uh, she said on Memorial Day and on the 4th of July, what you're supposed to go do is cut those mums to where there's about six inches left. She said, and I said, okay, you deadhead them. And she said, uh, don't you dare get rid of those heads. And I said, uh, yes, ma'am. Okay, tell me why I'm not supposed to. <laughs> and she said, you take those and you put them in a pot of soil and you water them, and she said, and all of them may not survive. But you're going to have new mums that take root just because you have taken time to prune and you knew when to prune. That's part of nourishing the tree. Self-reflection, looking when we cut back, perhaps coming, having a friend come and say, you know, I've noticed that you're struggling with this. Can I suggest that you maybe back off and take some time for yourself? Can I suggest that maybe you go sit and talk with somebody? Sometimes we need to make an adjustment, whether it's adding food in the holes around our trees of life, whether it's pruning, whatever it is, because we want to get to that harvest. We talk about it. Can you pull the scripture back up? In the end of Colossians 2-7, we hear, you know, we've, we've talked about the roots. We've talked about the foundation on him. We've talked about our faith and growing strong in the truth that we were taught. And then it says, and you will overflow with thankfulness. The harvest is gratitude. The harvest is abundant living. The harvest is one that allows you not only to nourish yourself through Christ, because of Christ, but also one that allows us to then take and share the fruits that have come through that harvest. I don't know many people that when you smile at them, they don't smile back. Gratitude and thankfulness is contagious. Grumpiness is also contagious. <laughs> what we offer to the world is often what is reflected back. But if we're not solid in our foundation, if we're not solid in our roots, if we aren't strong, nutritionists tell us to eat well for a reason. If we aren't strong, we aren't going to be able to yield a harvest that's going to change anything. By placing ourselves in a position, by allowing God to, to nourish us through the word, 
through song, through the Holy Spirit, which I feel very much today. Um, we're going to flourish. We're going to grow. We're not going to bend. We're not going to break in the storms that come. It's hurricane season. Just turn on the weather channel. You'll see trees that go back and forth and back and forth, and yet they've remained many, many years. Are your roots deep? Is your faith strong because of what you've been taught and what you've taken in and been nourished by? Do you overflow with thankfulness? I hope so. I want us to, um, to sing and to just listen to the words of this next song. If you feel a need to pray in your heart, right where you are, pray. If you feel the need to come here and pray, pray. But take a minute to just sit with God. Think about how grounded you are in his faith. Our roots speak to who we are. We're all broken. That's the reason that we know fully that we stand before God in need of his nourishment, his wholeness. And do one thing this week. I didn't plan to say this. God's nagging me. Do one thing this week. Pick up the phone and call somebody that you haven't heard from in a while. Just smile at somebody who looks like they're having a terrible day and smile at them till they smile back at you. Be annoying. Let them know they're loved and let them know that God loves them because how he loves us is amazing. Mm-hmm.